The Chicago Bulls are heading into what, at least on paper, is shaping up to be a very difficult week for them in the four games that they play this week. But we're going to talk about why this uh, week is going to tell us a lot about who the Chicago Bulls really are without Zach Levine. We're going to get into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host, Sarah Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. So, we're going to talk about the Bulls' schedule coming up this week. So, as I'm sure many people have talked about, a lot of content creators are going to talk about it. The Bulls have a, a, a hard-ass schedule this week. Let's just be clear here, at least on paper. We have games against the Bucks, the Nuggets, two games against the Heat. Those, those teams, those three teams that were playing over four games, have a combined win percentage of 61%. This is going to be an important week to see the, the, the four-game winning streak Chicago Bulls, while we don't expect that to go throughout the whole week, an eight-game winning streak or anything like that is rare across the NBA, but it's going to tell us a lot about how this team competes, how this team, you know, is going to, whether this new play style that we've seen from this team is going to be something that they stick to or do they default back to old habits with better competition, especially the games against the Bucks and the Heat, the two games against the Heat. The Heat are a team that always play us really tough. The Nuggets, we typically weirdly match up well against the Nuggets usually, uh, even with how good they've been over the last handful of years, but it's still not an easy game. One thing that the Bulls cannot do is overlook any opponent. Hell, we say that when it was the Spurs, that definitely maintains true when it seems in the Bucks that we beat last week to start this winning streak, who are probably going to be looking to revenge that. The Nuggets, who are just, you know, the defending NBA champions for one there, and then you got the Miami Heat, a team that always plays tough, that is well-coached, one of the best coach, coach teams in the NBA. Um, that's going to be difficult matchups for this team. And so at, when we've come out of this week talking about the improved play of the team and you know where the Chicago Bulls rank, uh, right now the Bulls are 13th in offense, 7th in defense, and 6th in net rating. That is huge when you look at that. And so uh, we, we've also played with a much faster pace than what we, do, what we did last time. And so right now the Chicago Bulls are a team that's shaping up to be much better than what it looked like when this season started. And yes, the new play style, moving the ball around, those type of things play a big part into this. But this is going to be a telling week. And I also think this is going to be a week where we really look and and see how much the trade value of Zach Levine is going to be impacted by the way that this team is playing. Because if this team comes out of this week, I think even 500. God forbid they find a way to go like 3-1 and one or something like that and have a winning record over this week. The teams that are already questioning how much Zach Levine impacts winning, it's going to be even higher than that. So, you know, that's something that you absolutely need to continue to look at and wonder. And so, you know, at the end of the day, it comes down to this, right? With this team playing the way that they have been playing and with the week that they have coming up, this may be also an important week. And, you know, not just that because we're a far away, away, far enough away from the trade deadline. You still got more time than that. But it, it may tell the front office and signal how close do they want to go to a full rebuild, right? When you look at the growth, and I already talked about the 13th ranked offense, things like that, right? But how, how, how much do you want to go full rebuild or how much do you want to just try to build maybe a team full of young, scrappy players, much like the Baby Bulls, to see how do they compete? Not necessarily saying you're going to contend for a title, right, that you're not trying to build a contender. But you're trying to build a team that isn't going to go this. And I've been I've been prepping you guys and trying to tell, you know, many Bulls fans don't think that this Zach Levine trade automatically signals that this Bulls team is going to try to trade everybody off and be bad. They may trade, still trade 
uh, a DeMar DeRozan after the Zach Levine trade, which, you know, something we talked about in yesterday's mailbag episode when we heard that, you know, the Bulls are still far apart on a deal with DeMar DeRozan and could very well look to trade him. And it's kind of expected if a, if a contract extension doesn't get closer that they're going to look to move off from DeMar DeRozan. But this week coming up, right, and the way that the team has played and the little glimpses that you've seen there, if this turns into something that's fairly consistent for the Bulls, again, not talking about the win streaks, I want to make that clear. This is not about necessarily winning or losing. In a way, it is, right? But it's more about how this team now competes. A team that looked like they were lethargic, did not have heart, has now turned into a team that has some of the most heart that we're seeing. And, you know, one of the things as far as the, the, having no kind of pinpoint on the offensive side of the ball, right, where it's the, the hierarchy of, like, shot selection has changed, where now it just comes down to, are you moving without the ball? Are we getting out in transition? Are you are you confidently taking your shots? Because now the, the offense is being more spread out. And the, the Bulls are, are responding to that. The Bulls have played the fifth most clutch games so far this season. And in that, they're 500, 6-6. Six and six. Now, in that also, the net rating, it, we have a 24.3 net rating in clutch games. And that is second only to the Indiana Pacers and Milwaukee Bucks, or third, I should say, to the Indiana Pacers and Milwaukee Bucks. That's it. Those are the only two teams that have been better in clutch moments than the Chicago Bulls in this season so far. Now, again, we have a much worse record than those teams, and so that points to talent being a thing as well. But the direction that this team is going, I think it may be a different direction than what a lot of Bulls fans thought that, that it was going to go when we were losing and when the Zach Levine trade news originally came out. A lot of Bulls fans had this thought that, hey, the Bulls are now finally going to go in hell. Not even Bulls fans. I mean, I'm a Bulls fan too, but me myself had the thought, oh, well, maybe this team is going to go rebuild. But, you know, AK has kind of told us what it is, right? And regardless of who he trades off or does not, I look at AK being a GM that's always going to be president of basketball operations, that's always going to be trying to make sure that the team has a certain level of being able to compete for something. Again, contending and competing are different and I know a lot of a lot of fans have the you know the glass half empty look of well if you're not if you can't contend for contend for a title you should be tanked and that's not necessarily true but with the with the progression that it looks like these players are taking right Kobe White ready to step up hugely for the Chicago Bulls team and that is a big part of this overarching story for the Bulls as well is the growth of players like Kobe White the growth of players like Patrick Williams that have stepped up a lot as well. And, you know, especially with him, you know, being more aggressive, cutting more often and things like that. Over the like last 12 games, Patrick Williams averaged like 14 and six. And again, that's not j jump out the stat sheet at you, right? But that's much better than what we've seen from him. And he's doing it on not that many more shots. It shows, again, his aggression. And so one of the big parts of the Chicago Bulls offense working in the way that it has been, right? is DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan, over the last three games, since he's come back, since you know we won that initial game without him and Zach, but since he's come back, has averaged 7.7, 7, so basically almost eight assists per game. And he's had uh, uh, two games with 10 assists in those games over that time. And so the head coach Billy Donovan said this. I give him a credit, talking about DeMar. I give him a lot of credit. Um, we've, had, we've had talked a little bit during the offseason. For him, he almost, in a lot of ways, is like another point guard out there. His understanding of the game and his vision and how smart he is. And I think he knows there's going to be attention given to him and he can help facilitate and be quick with his decisions and be aggressive. He's done a remarkable job getting off the ball, helping us play with a good pace, generating good shots for guys. And that's what it comes down to. This team right now and the way that they're playing is not about the, the heavy isolation, DeMar, 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 or Zach, 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 or even Vooch, right? It's really about, hey, who has it going, right? And then can we pick apart? This team has, to me, been a lot better on picking apart 
where the wrinkles in the defense is. We've also generated way more corner three offense, and that is something that has really helped this team create more space as well. So, so Vooch and DeMar can go to work when it is time for them shooting, but DeMar turning more into a facilitator. And it's been something that a lot of people have talked about and picked up now, saying San Antonio DeMar is now in Chicago, things like that. And while the Bulls and DeMar are far apart on the extension, it's good to still see that DeMar DeRozan is engaged to the point where he is meaningfully like uh, facilitating for this team. And at the point that, it, well, intentionally, like he's doing that with, with an intent and knowing that, hey, this team likes to get out and run when and where we can, I'm not necessarily the best in a, a running, again, they're not running gun, but they're moving with a quicker pace. They're not playing seven seconds or less offense or anything like that, but they are playing with a much, a much quicker pace. And DeMar's ability to be in that offense comes down to his ability to facilitate. He can generate that with his passing. Can't always keep up with the guys, and that's fine because we have more than enough young players that can get athletic and get out there and run. And so DeMar finding his place in this offense has been a big part on why we're now uh, in that 13th area as far as offense, in the upper half of the league now where we were what, 28th in offense to start off this season. And DeMar even saying this, just trying to create advantages for guys. Reading the defense quicker, faster, just trying to get the ball out. I try to create double teams, draw as much attention as I can, and just find the guys and let them do the rest. Patrick Williams has been a player that's, uh, that's benefited off that. Kobe White's been a, a player that's benefited off that. And this team adopting that mindset overall is why they've been able to be in games. Now, again, to go back to kind of where we started at with this, this week is important for the Bulls to see if they maintain that against the better competition in the NBA. We had two two games that were easier games on the schedule, right? I can't call anything necessarily easy for the Chicago Bulls with how the season has started off. Don't feel comfortable in doing that yet, but easier games in the Charlotte Hornets and the San Antonio Spurs. But overall, archingly, this, this week now offers none of those games where you're coming in and saying, hey, this could be a much easier game. These are all games that even when let the Bulls match up well against, they're going to be big tests for the Bulls. And if they can come out of this week still looking competent, still rocking and rolling offensively, still getting that groove going and still looking like a team that is now fighting and competing with that heart, it could tell us a lot about what the rest of the season may look like, especially albeit without Zach Levine. Now, that piece of it, the Zach Levine piece, is going to be the overarching story and so much of this going on with the Chicago Bulls, especially when people, like I said earlier, doubt what Zach Levine and how he competes to winning. And you have to ask the question in this is, that while winning, playing well, doing these things is best for the Chicago Bulls team, is actually what's worse for the Zach Levine trade market. You got to ask yourself that. I'm sure teams are going to be doing their research. Teams are going to be looking heavily at just how much how much better the Bulls look on the court during this stretch without Zach. And if it comes out something, that's probably going to make them offer a little bit less. And, you know, the whole thing about Zach Levine having no trade market, do I think that was a little bit of an overstatement? Maybe. I think every player has a trade market to a degree. I think when you hear, like, Woj say there's no market for Zach Levine, I think that's comparative to what the, the Bulls wanted back value-wise for Zach, and that's starting to take a little ding, and the Bulls going to those negotiating tables may have to come off what they hopefully init- what they thought they were initially going to be able to get in a market where they traded Zach Levine. But, you know, overall, so far, this week, what I'm looking for um, from this Bulls team is just compete, how they compete, how they fight, how they come in. And, 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 and the heart that they play with, the execution as well, do they limit the turnovers? Do they keep moving the ball around? When they face off some against the, some of these better teams, uh, do, they, do they go back to just kind of watching DeMar and Vooch work? Or do they keep attacking, right? This is a team that I want to see keep attacking and keep playing. Listen, I want to see a team that doesn't know that the Milwaukee Bucks, for example, are supposed to be a better team than them, that come out and just compete. Yeah, the Milwaukee Bucks are 15-7 and seven on the season. 
have a winning record, the number one team in our own division. But when it comes down to it, I want the Bulls to come in and act like a team that looks at them and say, hey, we're on the same playing field. And so to preview tonight's game, it comes down to a lot to what it came down to in that last game. Defensively, how do you stand up defensively? Patrick Williams is going to be hugely important defensively in this game because he's, he's always going to be guarding Giannis more times than not. And then when he's not on Giannis, he's probably going to be on Bobby Porter some. So that's going to be important against his team as well. Kobe White, the way that he decides and, and you know, it can, can his shooting and being able to get uh, to the rim and, and pass off the ball and things like that. Alex Caruso, is he going to be healthy? He's listed as questionable right now. Um, you know, we'll end up seeing. I, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up sitting. It's unfortunate. I want to see him play against this Buck team. I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he does end up sitting. But the Bulls got to come in. They have to execute. They have to go about their business in a way that shows, hey, we are here. And so that team defense that we've shown, like I said, Patrick Williams is going to be important. That Iowa in his minutes, um, Torrey Craig, of course, in his minutes. And then you, you want to see players like Alex Cruz or Kobe White step up defensively as well. But then we also have to play an effective and efficient brand of offense. We have to hit our shots at a high rate. We have to get turnovers, get out in transition. That's going to be keys for the Chicago Bulls tonight going up against the Milwaukee Bucks. But the thing is, we've seen the blueprint of it. We've seen them do it. But now the Milwaukee Bucks are coming in. If they were underestimating the Chicago Bulls last time without Zach Levine, without DeMar DeRozan, they're definitely not underestimating us now with beating them and DeMar now being back on this and this team being on, the Chicago Bulls being on a four-game winning streak. So the Milwaukee Bucks are a team that, like I said, we typically line, uh, match up pretty well against. The Milwaukee Bucks are also 2-2 two and two in their last four. Um, and, you know, rebounding the ball well against the Bucks is one of the most important things. And then finding those mismatches and can Vooch get going against Brooke Lopez, a player that's giving him some fits at times. So let's see what it comes down to with that. But we also had a lot of voicemails last week. We're down to the last three. Finally, we're going to go ahead and play those on this show. Let's get into this first one. This one's from Big O. What's going on? Hey, appreciate you, brother. As always, when you're saying this Big O again, uh, this time, Alex Caruso, uh, man, dude. Everything on the head when it comes to Alex Caruso. You said something at a couple videos ago when it comes to Zach. When you were talking about Zach Levine, but it applies to every every person on the on the team. And that is um, knowing when to sell is just important as knowing to that you have to sell. I know you that wasn't your exact words, but um, but the same you know saying the same thing when it comes to Alex Caruso. I'm not saying that the Bulls have to trade Alex Caruso, but I'm about as close to that bar as you can be, like right, like a nudge up under it, because everything that you stated, this team is not going to be winning anything meaningful anytime, so Alex Caruso value won't be this high, this probably won't ever be this high ever again in his career, and I, and I hope he can, you know, uh, I hope he can prove uh, me wrong on that. I just don't see his value being as high as it is right now. Uh, he's going to hit the open market after next season, I believe, and he's going to he's going to get a pay raise. He's going to get you know more money. Uh, I just you know somebody else said this too. The Bulls have to know when the sale happens. Like you said, they always be year behind. They always year behind. But they need to start knowing when to sell. You can't fall in love with the pieces. You have to, you know, I said this all on, on Shabu's a few weeks ago. Don't fall in love with the name on the back. You need to be in love with the name on the front. Because when that's the focus, then you're going to make the right decisions for the team. You know, like, you start falling in love with the name on the back, you start getting emotionally tied to these players, then your, your decision-making is thrown off. You know what I mean? Like, you, they, they need to they need to make. 
especially when you're not in a position to win. So that's kind of like my thing with Alex. I love Alex. I would love for Alex to be here for several more years. But the reality is, is that this team ain't good enough, and it won't be good enough for him. You know what I mean? It's almost like dating a girl, and you ain't got enough money to date her. You know what I mean? You dating a, a, a high, a high, uh, 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 what they call that? A high maintenance woman, but you ain't got enough. You Great points on Alice Caruso. Um, I do think that, like I said before, when it comes to Caruso, it, it comes down to if the Bulls are certain that they can extend him. I would love Caruso here to be here long term. I would love Caruso to be one of those players we look at and say, hey, Caruso is, is a player that's helping set the tone. He's a veteran piece. He helps lead the guys. He's one of those old faithfuls. He, he uh, really is the kind of player that we like and appreciate the most here in Chicago in all sports, that toughness. He's also a player that, hey, he backed up what he said. He said he wanted to up his offensive game to match his defensive intensity, and he's done that in a lot of ways with his shooting being one of the best three-point shooters in the league. But again, if there is any, any inclination that this team has that Alice Caruso is not going to, to sign a contract extension with them, to me, you got to move. And again, that doesn't necessarily have to be decided now. You can go through this summer. Then if this summer they can't reach a contract extension, go through maybe the first part of next season by the trade deadline, maybe. Now, is his value going to be lessened by then? Yeah, it is, because he's going he's gonna to be an expiring contract at that point in time that a team immediately has to extend um, if they want to make that decision. So, you know, that plays a part into it as well. But I, I think that when it comes down to just what you said, yes, you have to understand when that value is going to be high. When you strike is as important as striking when it comes to the trade market, and you have to make sure that you're on top of that if you're going to have to move a player. And so let's hope that, you know, let, I hope personally that Alex Crucial just signs an extension here and he's here long term. But if that does not happen, the Bulls will be doing themselves a disservice to not explore that trade market for Alex Caruso, in my opinion. And like I said, I'm not necessarily talking about this trade deadline, but it, it, it's coming at some point in time, at least in my opinion. Again, preferably sign the man to an extension if he's going to agree to it. All right, let's get into this next uh, voicemail. This one's from Jerry K. Yeah, hey, this is Jerry K. Ward. Kwasi again calling back, man. I just wanted to give some insight about uh, Patrick Williams. Uh, I know the city of Chicago. A lot of our, our fellow Bulls fans are ready to give up on Patrick Williams, and I just think Patrick Williams is a great talent. Uh, but it's going to take Coach Billy Donovan and also his point guard, Kobe White, to force feed him. I think the Bulls need to post Patrick Williams up more and put him at the three. He will be a great three in this league because he has a big body, big frame. But also Patrick Williams got some, some nice post moves, man. Uh, Got a nice fadeaway jump shot. Only how he gonna get to utilize that is they gotta force them, force them into the post. Put them in the post and let them post up these smaller, uh, smaller small forwards. But also, uh, Patrick Williams been learning a lot from Demar Derozan. It's time for him to utilize some of that skill set that he's been getting from um, Demar. Uh, use some of them up fakes, but also like use that fadeaway jump shot. And I think I'm in that Phoenix game where he gave KD a nice move. I almost knocked down the shot, but he got it in him to do that more. But the Bulls got to bring it out of him. It's going to take Coach Billy Donovan and point guard Kobe White to force feed him, make Patrick get in the post. Patrick got nice skill set, man. But they got to build his confidence up to succeed. They got to feature him, man, for him to succeed. They got to force feed him. So I just wanted to say that. And also, man, you know, once again, I'm so excited about my, my dog, Kirby White, man. He balling out. Uh, he just need the ball in his hands. 
When the ball in his hands, good things happen. Boochow, good games. Also, Patrick Williams has good games. And, you know, DeMar DeRozan has been pretty solid. But also, Io Dusumu. I'm really excited about him, man. Dusumu kind of remind me of, like, a young Leandro Bolster from Phoenix. And the reason why I say that is because the way he drives to the bucket, once he get his head down and he get to the bucket, he get to going to the bucket. Ain't nothing stopping him, man. He he pretty solid at making them layups in the fat on the fast break. So uh, this is my second time calling you tonight, bro. But uh, God bless, man. I appreciate the opportunity, and you definitely will be him welcoming me going forward. All right, so Patrick Williams at the three. You know, I've been very big on record. I I don't think. I don't think the Bulls have the plan to play Patrick Williams at the three. And post-up, I don't necessarily say, think it's more about post-up. It's about cutting for Patrick Williams, at least right now. Post-up, I, I don't necessarily like when Patrick Williams posts. I don't think he makes the best decisions. That's not to say that's not something that he can add to his game. But I think it's more so you can get him the ball in the post, but you don't want to post him up, right? Those are different things. If you can get him in the post while he's cutting, while he's diving, things like that, him also working to get more rebounds, offensive rebounds, dunk the ball, things like that on, on those opportunities. But for me, it's more so with Patrick Williams moving with intent off the ball and then using that to get to the lane, to dive to the lane, things like that. That's where I think as a slasher, P. Will is more dangerous in the post than necessarily posting him up. Now, again, maybe you did mean that. Again, maybe I'm being one of those two literal things which I've which I've been able to do. But I think it really comes down to just just – Patrick Williams being more active and moving more intently without the ball. And if he does that and plays with more instinct, which I think is what we're seeing him do, he's going to be fine, man. And, and yes, to your point, Kobe White, uh, DeMar DeRozan, understanding and, and getting Patrick Williams the ball, that's something that they have been doing. They have been rewarding him moving without the ball to get him the ball more, and we're seeing him thrive in that. And hopefully that continues for him and that continues for this team and what they're doing because I think that's going to be Big for the growth of Patrick Williams. And even in yesterday's video, the Sunday mailbag, in which I, you know, asked the question of how much longer does Patrick Williams have to do that before we can say he's turned a corner? Like I said, I, I like keep it up for most of the season. A couple more months, I, I'll take it. But you know, listen, I just want to see Patrick keep doing this, keep being instinctual. And then I think we're going to get a damn good player out of Patrick Williams. Is it going to be the, the ceiling that people, the Kawhi comparisons? Probably not. But that doesn't mean he still can't be a damn good player. All right, let's get into this last voicemail for today. This one's from Reginald. Mm-hmm. This is Reginald from Columbus, Georgia. Uh, do you think the progression of guys like Kobe and T-Will Isle over the last actually couple of weeks is a good reason to hold off on Dalen Terry's a bus? Right? Uh, I know uh, we had a lot of talk about uh, how Terry's playing too wild, Terry's too inconsistent, Terry can't score, uh, ignoring the fact that this is just his second year. You know, we all want him to step up and be that guy. Should we be patient and say, like, let's let him develop first because they drafted him wrong. So what he's doing is not unexpected, but even though we want better, we just have to let him develop. And also, uh, what do you think about uh, guys like Sonogo? Uh, how has he progressed in the G League? And whether or not do you think there's a future for him as a a liable role player on the, on the Bulls in the future. Lastly, uh, I think we should hold off on Kobe as the guy right for right now because we've seen him do this where he'll have a month where he's just on fire, then have like two, three months where he can barely hit a shot. Then lucky if he goes five for 12. Uh, that's all I got to say about that. Uh, thanks for listening to me. Great point. Hold off on it. Like, and I've said that, right? 
I, I think way too often, especially in the Bulls community, but general in sports, we like to to write a story on a player too soon. It's way too soon to call Dalen Terry bust. I don't care what nobody says. Yes, I know the stats, the things. It's been terrible. But look at his last couple of G League. That shot is starting to come along. And it is does come down to, to calming down. Everybody doesn't progress at the same level. They just don't. And they knew Dalen Terry was a project when they brought him in here. I think that's why you're seeing patience with him from the front office and coaching staff. It's too early to call Dalen Terry a bust. Now, can he go? Is he maybe trending that way? I can't. I can't knock an argument of somebody saying, "Hey, well, he's trending towards bust." Fair, but it's it's way too much ahead of him. There's still too much basketball left ahead of him to call him a bust yet. And a player that's what 21 years old. So yeah, Dalen Terry still has more than enough time to develop. I think I, I you know, we'll see what he is as an energy guy. His passing in transition is really good. His defense is solid. He does, like you said, has to calm down kind of let the game slow down to him and let that basketball IQ increase. And if the shot can come along with that, Dalen Terry is going to be an NBA player. It's just what level of that is going to be the question. Now, as far as your other one, Sonogo, how has he progressed? Listen, Sonogo is, he's a player that understands how to use his size and he rebounds. He's averaging five and a half offensive rebounds per game in the G League. Now, you're not expecting that to be one for one coming into the NBA level, but with his ability to understand how to score off putbacks, he's a player that, off his offensive rebounding alone, he's probably going to get about six to eight points a game. And then if you get into the defense, the block shots, the steals, he's averaging almost two steals per game. Again, I'm not expecting that to translate one for one, but he's showing some things of how he could possibly be used at the NBA level as a depth piece. It really comes down to the speed of the game. If he stays on top of that, I think it'll be okay. Now, as far as Kobe White just having a hot month, I think that's fair, right? We'll see. I think you want to see that. And Kobe White's even talked about coming into the season consistency being a big part of what he wants to do this season. And so, yeah, we're starting to see that. He's put it together almost a solid month. Let's see if him continue this whole season. But I have faith that he will. And I think that what we're seeing and how we're seeing him develop as a leader, being vocal, those type of things, his decision-making. I think this Kobe White is here to stay. That does not mean he's not going to have cold weeks, cold shooting games, things like that. But I really, I think the, the, the progression of Kobe White is legit. But I can understand somebody saying, hey, Let's see it for a little bit longer before we say that because Kobe White has had hot months before. Fair. But I think that what we're seeing in it and watching the games and seeing the leadership, seeing the mentality, I think that it, it's more signs than not that that's going to be something that stays true for Kobe White this season. But let me know what your guys' thoughts, as always, down below. That's my time for today, guys. Make sure you're following the show at Bull Central Pod on every social media platform we're on. You can also send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullcentralpod at gmail.com. And then lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for the mailbag, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related thanks to you guys. And like I like to end every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See you right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of The Break Break Media. Media.